You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Okay. So this message, uh, Changing the Narrative, comes out of what Andrew was actually describing in terms of the prophetic. Sometimes when you're uh, speaking or singing, you, tend to f- you can find that it's like the words go live, and you think, well, that's just too good for me. And I listened to last week's message, and I said this, um, and you can tell me whether you, in weighing it, thought it was uh, more profound than I normally am. Um, let him, being God, define the narrative of today, He will begin to influence and shed light on your yesterdays, and you will begin to lean forward expectantly for the godly narrative of your tomorrows. Mm -hmm. Do we have any advances on mm -hmm. So we're going to work off that basis because it feels like we've been uh, led into the room of this train of thought, which last week I called it fighting for the narrative, and we're going to look at that, but effectively changing the narrative. Um, And (coughs) part of Part of in doing this, it is, you know the Robert Frost poem, The Route Not Taken? The way leads on to way. So we find part of the next stage of the path under our feet as we walk it. And often we want to have five or six steps ahead when all is required of us is, okay, well, what, what has happened and what is our going to be response in making the next step? So I think that I, I want to offer to you that this is a key change in the year of light bringing innocent through us, is this changing the narrative. So I want us to, to look at this, this together. So to give you a, a definition of the meaning of the word narrative, it means a spoken or written account of connected events, a story. And the etymology, as in where the, what the origin of that word is, the mid-17th century from the Latin narrat means related or told, or the verb narare me from naras meaning knowing. So narration is effectively knowing the story. So there is a story that you know about your life. Isn't that correct? There's also a story that you don't know yet about your life in terms of the jigsaw puzzle of what God has uh, facilitated, allowed, uh, made happen, uh, all of the things that He has sovereignly allowed to get you to this point. And we all have an assessment on what our lives add up to. And quite often left our own devices and our soul being our mind, well, and emotions, the conclusion that we come to effectively crushes us. And crushing means... Proverbs 15.4, a deceptive tongue crushes the spirit. So if your assessment of your past brings about a crushing, you're dealing with a deceptive tongue and a lie. And God wants to bring truth and life to that. And it is far better to have the truth liberate you from the lies that you've been told, to have your past explained to you in a way that is going to bring life and open up opportunity rather than close them down. Okay, so we're going to look at a few pictures. So the, the, what, I want you to, uh, what I want to put on these pictures <coughs> effectively, which is what artists do whenever they're, have to get the art reference in there. When artists are exhibiting, they put their title on it. Their title imputes a narrative. Quite often the narrative that you hear something completely different. Would you agree? So if you look at Mark Rothko, Mark Rothko's work uh, was just obsessed with color. Um, and when I look at it, I, I see 
other things, and I would guarantee that you see other things as well. But the title that I want to put on this is Changing the Narrative. So here's the first one. Oh, slightly different order, but that's okay. So this is card participation, changing the narrative. What's evoked when you see this? You use that model, Tishy? Go for it, Isaac. It was really good. You enjoyed using it? Okay, anybody else? Makes you think of the Ulster Folk and Transport Museum. Can I just, can I clarify? No, hold on. Can I just clarify? This is not Mallet's Mallet, love. For those of you who don't get that 80s reference, come and see me afterwards. Changing the narrative. What? Writing the story. No, that's fine. Thank you for your participation, Claire. Um, anybody else? Ooh, Anna Woodward's on it. Having to actually physically push the button to type something. Anybody else? Missing keys. Missing keys. Ooh, the Woodward children bring it to the table. <laughs> the Woodward children bring it to the table. Tishy? Communication. Light on the story. She's on fire, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not the only one gutting this morning, eh, Tishy? Not Tishy, Hillary, you do. Uh, moving swiftly on, anybody else? Okay, let's move to the next one. You get it? You're with it? Okay, changing the narrative. Here's the picture. What does it evoke? Okay, I said go for it. Standing out. three-year-old drawing a fish for the first time. <laughs> the big fish. Okay. Swimming against the tide. It's messy and not all uniform, which grieves us both, actually. Anybody else? Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Substantial and significant. Anybody else? It's a flamboyant fish. That'd be a great title for a children's book. Ruth, you could take that, the flamboyant fish, parents and educators. Okay, next one. Just, I really appreciate everything you're saying, but you might be stealing it from those who are holding back. Okay. Yeah, uphill journey towards light. Any narrow path? Traveling ancient ways. Isaac, do you want to throw yours in there, son? Okay, 
Do the walls are closing in, but there's light at the end, so it feels quite claustrophobic. It's narrow. Okay, anybody else? Determination. Yeah, absolutely. There's a pull to guide you. Anything else? Oh, wow, okay, yeah. So uh, I don't know whether you have expectation that God would speak to you visually. I mean, we communicate with each other. Claire communicates regularly to me through your facial expressions, which often I don't get the cue for. And I say, what is it actually that you're trying to say? Which defeats the point that she's going, oh my goodness. Um, so God communicates visually. I have a high value for this. He communicates to us visually. So open your eyes in expectation and awaken and open your eyes. And what was that phrase you said, Andrew, that was great? Awaken, arise, and open your eyes. That God will and desires to speak to you through what you see. And the picture absolutely tells a thousand stories. Thank you for that. Um, I want to pick up as well on Claire's interpretation of the, the fish coming this way. When I uh, put that together, I meant that the, the white fish was the one going against the flow. But is Claire wrong? Not at all. And just because somebody else's interpretation of something uh, can be different to what either you perceived or intended or thought, if they're coming up with a, a, a godly, life-giving interpretation of the thing, I think that's fantastic because the chasing the tail in terms of, you know, pushing each other on or even whenever we do something in the Spirit and go after God, we create a slipstream. It's much easier for someone else to come behind us. So don't discard uh, someone else's interpretation or your own interpretation when it is different to, to the common, Okay. So uh, this is a fight for narrative. For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men and women, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We're destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 10, 5. Actually, it starts at uh, verse 3. So 10, 3 to 5. And Second Corinthians 10, 5, holding every thought captive is part of our mind matters and was one of our life uh, saver verses. So the word struggle there in the Greek is pale, meaning wrestling to generally fight. So you are opposed and I wonder, uh, certainly for me, if somebody said to me, this is going to be a fight, you kind of give a nod to it and you think, oh, it's going to be a fight, but it's all right. But whenever the fight actually comes, because it is more difficult than we imagine, then we think that it mustn't be God and we just take the easier path. I know that I'm hopefully not on my own with that. But it's taken me a long time to realize that this journey really, really requires a lot of effort. And the reason that you and I are opposed is because we are going to do damage to the kingdom of the enemy. He has no need nor uh, abundance of resources to set what he has to oppose us if we're of no threat. So there is actually uh, an element of encouragement at times when you're experiencing hassle and opposition. 
And I would take that frame over the frame of this is just awful and it's not going to get any better because God's in control and He knows what He's doing. And He's not going to tempt you beyond, or, or He doesn't tempt anyone. He's not going to test you beyond any of your limits at all. You are opposed because you're feared. That's a bit that we miss. You are opposed because you are actually feared. The enemy is terrified of who you are and what you carry. And what he uses is intimidation and fear for us to believe the lie that we should feel that way about him. Whereas the reality is that he is afraid of us. So I want to say to you that you must, and I know that many of you are on this journey, but you must begin to feel the weight of whose you are and who you are in Jesus Christ. And we do nobody any, or we do others and those we are in church with and our families and those we work with, we do them a disservice when we do not let them feel the weight of who we are. It's important. It's a wrestle. I tried to choose that appropriately so that it was all, everything was covered up. But to give you that idea, why do they wear such like lycra? I don't understand. But this is a wrestle and a fight. One of them, it looks like they were given ministry. You know, the sort of, the, the position looked like it was more trying to help them. This is a wrestle and a fight. If you can hear this, it is a wrestle and a fight. You will be tired if you're going to go against the flow, if you're going to fight for the narrative that God has for your life, this is effort and it requires work. And most of our souls at this point go, oh, no, I don't want effort. I want ease and flow. It's going to require work. The fruit of the work is there's much more peace and there's much more ease and flow in your life. And also when you've had a few fights and won a few wrestling matches, then you know that you can actually do it. Up to that point, the voices of intimidation come and go, why would you bother? This person's too strong for you. They're too experienced. This is just the way it is. This is just the way you are. This is just the way your family is. But it's not meant to be this hard. If it was God, it wouldn't be this hard. But eventually, over time, through encouragement and accountability, we begin to win. And the question is, do you submit? Will you submit yourself to God and resist the devil? Or will you submit yourself to the devil and resist God? And the reality is that God has given us dominion. And dominion we've got to take. I cannot take dominion for your life. Only you can do that. I can't take dominion over your thought life. Only you can do that. I can't, Andrew can't take dominion when he says, if you uh, don't expect a prophetic word, you won't have it. If you do expect, it's likely that you'll receive. Only you can make that choice. And as Andrew picked up earlier, we are done with and have never had a value for guilt and manipulation or trying to coerce you into things that you have not chosen. So God gives you a gift and you get to choose who wins. Have you bought the lie that you're not able? That God isn't faithful? that you won't be able to do it, that it's for the special few, because God has graced your life with everything that you need. This is 2 Corinthians 9, 8. 
And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Where, where do we go from that? If you put those glasses on and look at your life, what do you see? God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And I swear at times it feels like those other glasses of the other narrative are tattooed onto my face and I can't get them off. All I need to do is yield myself to the truth that in all things, at all times, God will give me the abundance of everything that I need to abound in every good work. G.K. Chesterton said this, and it came on the radio this morning while I was prepping. He said, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. So this is work. This is work. This is work. Do you know that this is work? It is. We can't get away from that. We would be, if not that we're trying to sell you a product, but we would be doing you a disservice by saying that this is easy. This is tough going. Let me read that again. Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. There's a fight for a narrative. There are crushing voices in your life that are strong and demanding, and the current of your history wants to sweep you off your feet so that we make agreement with the wrong voices and prophesy a different word over the year ahead than one that would cause us to lean forward expectantly. So this is a fight over ground, and it's yours for the taking. And the enemy has assessed you and will hit you in your weakest place. But you can let this backfire on him because God said, when you are weak, then I am strong. This is, let me read the actual verse to you, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. So maybe all you and I actually need to do is go, God, I have assessed myself and I see that I am weak in this area. I am expecting that you're going to be strong. And then we watch and we wait. Because I don't have this. Do you? Can you just muster up the strength in it of your own resources to do what God's called you to do? Because you cannot. Everything that He asks you to do is beyond you, and that's the entire point. Because then when you choose to walk into what He's called you to, you are dependent upon Him, and the light that shines on you shines in you and shines through you. And everybody is blessed by it. Okay. Third part changing your narrative. So to change the narrative, you need to know what the current one is. You can't change something that you cannot see. And to change anything, it must move from one state to another. And the world, the flesh, and the devil have got many options for you. And the spin doctors are desperate to redefine you and your past and prophesy just another brand of unhelpfulness for your future. The unhelpful narratives come from past experiences that haven't been framed appropriately. And I want to say again emphatically that you and I don't have the ability to do this. You can be told by your friends that you're enough. You can be told that you're brave and beautiful by bubbly Susie in your workplace, who doesn't know that she's actually brave and beautiful and probably doesn't believe half the things that she's going to say. 
How do my friends know that I'm enough? How do yours? How, how do we possibly have any understanding as to another person's resources within themselves? Is that fair? Does that maybe sound harsh? But we are constantly looking from the voices from outside to tell us that we're okay. They don't know. They can't tell me that it's all going to work out all right. They can't tell me there's going to be enough money. They can't tell me that uh, I'm going to have to be a tissue anywhere there. Just there's one to the side there. Thank you. They can't tell me that I'm going to be healthy, what age I'm going to grow old to, whether I am actually physically attractive, whether I am skilled at what I'm doing. But there is one who does. And we are designed to be defined by a voice from outside of ourselves. And if it isn't his, you'd be damn sure it'll be somebody else's. I'm going to read you an excerpt from The Horse and His Boy. Um, Kerry, I think you'll appreciate this Chronicles of Narnia reference. Uh, and I want to warn you that I am yet to read this without crying. So if I do cry, just embrace it as part of the package, okay? Just ruins me every single time. But just, just listen, and I want to put up this picture. So you can close your eyes, you can lie down, whatever you want to do, but this is one of those, are you sitting comfortably? Then we shall begin. And being very tired and having nothing inside him, Shasta, who is one of the main characters in the story, felt so sorry for himself that the tears rolled down his cheeks. What put a stop to all of this was a sudden fright. Shasta discovered that someone or somebody was walking beside him. It was pitch dark and he couldn't see anything. And the thing or person was going so quietly that he could hardly hear any footfalls. What he could hear was breathing. His invisible companion seemed to breathe on a very large scale. And Shasta got the impression that it was a very large creature. And he had come to notice this breathing so gradually that he had really no idea how long it had been there. And it was a horrible shock. It darted into his mind that he had heard long ago that there were giants in these northern countries and he bit his lip in terror. But now he really had something to cry about. He actually stopped crying. The thing, unless it was a person, went on beside him so very quietly that Shasta began to hope that he only imagined it. But just as he was becoming quite sure of it, there suddenly came a deep, rich sigh out of the darkness beside him. That couldn't be imagination. Anyway, he has felt the hot breath of that sigh on his chilly left hand. The unseen companion walked and breathed beside him, and at last he could bear it no longer. Who are you? He said barely above a whisper. One who has waited long for you to speak said the thing. Its voice was not loud, but very large and deep. Are you, are you a giant? asked Shasta. You might call me a giant, said the large voice, but I am not like the creatures you call giants. I can't see you at all, said Shasta after staring very hard. Then for an even more terrible idea had come into his head, he said almost in a scream, you're not, not something dead, are you? Oh, please, please do go away. What harm have I ever done to you? Oh, I am the luckiest person in the world. Anyone else use that, teacher? Once more, he felt the warm breath of the thing on his hand and face. There, it said, that is not the breath of a ghost, 
Tell me your sorrows. Shasta was a little reassured by the breath, so he told how he'd never known his real father or mother and had been brought up sternly by the fisherman. And then he told the story of his escape and how they were chased by lions and forced to swim for their lives and all of their dangers in Tashban and about his night amongst the tombs and how the beasts howled at him out of the desert. And he told about the heat and thirst of the desert journey and how they were almost at their goal when another lion chased them and wounded Arabus and also how very long it was since he'd had anything to eat. I do not call you unfortunate, said the Lord's voice. Don't you think it was bad luck to meet so many lions, said Shasta. There was only one lion, said the voice. What on earth do you mean? I've just told you there were at least two lions the first night, and there was only one, but he was swift of foot. How do you know? I was the lion. And as Shasta gaped with open mouth and said nothing, the voice continued. I was the lion who forced you to join with Aravis. I was the cat who comforted you among the house of the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you as you slept. I was the lion who gave the horses the new strength of fear for the last mile so that you should reach King Lun in time. And I was the lion you do not remember who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death, so that it came to shore when a man sat wakeful at midnight to receive you. There's a lion that's waiting for you to speak. And you know a different story to the one that he knows. And it is imperative that you hear him describe and narrate the life that you've had from his perspective. Can I have the worship collective, please? Come to me, all you who are weary, worn out, depleted and exhausted by physical and mental labor and are burdened, overloaded, and weighted down, and I will give you rest. For I know, I alone know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being, not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. And David said to, to the Spirit, in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me, when as yet there were none of them even taking shape. So the Lion of Judah has must, much to discuss with you, and he does not call you unfortunate. So will you stand with me and we'll make a response together. So as always, we call you to respond. And here are some questions to help you to do that. So firstly, are you weary, exhausted, and weighed down, and do you need refreshment? And, then, and secondly, do you want to uncover the current narratives in your life? And then finally, do you want to hear the voice of the Lion of Judah, Jesus Christ, redefine the narrative of your life? If you can answer yes to any of these questions, come and join me now at the front. We're going to worship for a time, and then we're going to have opportunity for ministry. So come and join me now. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.